to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you have joined us. Before we get started today, I want to thank all of the people who joined us last night for our Smart Politics Happy Hour COVID style. We did it on Zoom instead of live in person at a venue like a bar or a restaurant, and we had quite a lively conversation. We had quite a few attendees and lots of good questions and comments about what is going to happen in just a few days when we all go to vote. Uh, it was it was really interesting to talk about the presidential election. It was interesting to talk about the courts. It was interesting to talk about parties and factionalism and where all of that will send us after next Tuesday. So again, thanks to everyone who turned up for that. It is really great to be able to continue that kind of tradition, even though we cannot get together in person quite yet. Uh, Hopefully by the time, the next time we have an election coming up, we will be able to have smart politics in person. Okay, as I said, election day is almost here. And as we get closer to the big day here on Detroit Today, we have been exploring all the issues that are resonating with voters leading up to November 3rd. And we are also making time to hear from regular, everyday voters. And we really want to hear from you. How are you feeling about the election? What are the issues that are animating your choices in just a few days? And how are you coping with the enormous stress of politics laid over a global pandemic that again, is getting worse instead of better. Give us a call all this hour on Detroit Today at 313-577-1019, or you can send us a tweet with your comment or question using the hashtag Detroit Today. Joining us now for another installment of our voter panel discussions is a couple who currently live in Detroit. Adrian Williams and John Moy, welcome to Detroit Today. Hello. Hi, thanks for having us. Yes. So uh, let's get started with you guys giving us a little bit of your personal backgrounds. Tell us a little about yourselves. Uh, I'll go first. Um, I'm Adrian. I'm, you know, raised here in Michigan. I actually left Michigan for quite some time to go live in the big city in LA. Mm -hmm. And I recently moved back here to Michigan to be closer to my partner and also to my parents, just because with the pandemic happening, like my dad is a personal driver. And so he's been fully unemployed since about February. And, you know, it's a really hard thing to watch a father who's almost 80 look for a new job. Mm, So I had to come back here and just do what I can to support financially, emotionally, and all that. And, you know, being a joint at the hip with my partner (laughs) is a brand new (laughs) thing, too. That's been pretty awesome. You know, that's an interesting anecdote about your dad and having to sort of step in and, and help. I think a lot of a lot of us who are in the the age band that we're in, mm-hmm. uh, you know, forties, mm-hmm. uh, early fifties, which is uh, where I'm going to be real soon. Um, th- that's what we're facing is is yeah. this 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 obligation and need to to do more for our parents. I think that's something that would resonate with a lot of our with a lot of our listeners. 
it's hard. Like, you know, John and I talk about it all the time. You know, nobody ever really like taught us how to do that. They're like, here's how to drive. Here's how to drink when you're 21. Here's how to get a job. But nobody (laughs) teaches us like, here's how the transition to your parents turning into kids works, Mm. you know? Mm. Wow. Yeah. I'll let John. Yeah. John, John, uh, tell us, uh, tell us about you. Uh, yeah, I'm 38, uh, born and raised in Michigan. Um, I've yeah lived in Detroit, uh, city for the past, I'd say 15, 16 years. Um, I'm a freelance writer and yeah, just trying to get by, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So uh, talk about how the two of you have voted in the past and how that aligns with the choice that we're going to make in a few days, or maybe you've already made it. I, you know, so many people I talked to have already have already voted uh, here in in Michigan. But uh, John, tell us about uh, your voting history. Yeah, um, pretty much always uh, voted Democratic. Uh, I would say like liberal leaning, left leaning, um, including in this election, uh, taking advantage of you know mail in voting. Um, one because of the pandemic, but also it just you know provides a little bit more time to research everything and all the different issues and all the different candidates, uh, a little less pressure. Um, So yeah, it's always been democratic, uh, particularly, you know, presidential and uh, congressional elections. Um, And yeah, that's where I'm headed uh, this year too. Yeah. Uh, Adrian, what about you? Yeah. Same for me. It's interesting though, when I was a kid, like in elementary school and even high school, I went to predominantly white Christian schools. Hmm. And so we were kind of like taught to be conservative slash Republican. And I was just like, yeah, they believe in God. That's what I'm voting for. But I didn't have kind of the visibility to like, yeah, they don't really like people that look like me necessarily. So I think like as I got older and technology changed and I had more access to information, you know, I definitely kind of like put my gender and ethnicity at the foreground of the way I think about how I vote. And that's no different than what I just did watching TV the other day, researching all the candidates and, you know, mailing in my voting ballot. Mm. So so tell me about what issues are really motivating you this year. You both say that uh, you tend to vote Democratic. You plan to do the same mm-hmm. thing this year. But, but what's the particular issue is it uh, is it healthcare is it education is it the president himself who who has become an issue for so many people uh, what's on your minds adrian i'll start with you this time yeah um i mean healthcare is the number one issue for me at the moment i would say like one point let's say one and two perhaps because hmm. i you know i'm an african american woman and i'm also diabetic so watching the insulin prices just go off the rails has been really challenging and i have a good job i have really great insurance but you know paying like 70 dollars for one vial one day and then 30 dollars for six the next day like really leaves me concerned with kind of like the regulatory like state of kind of like how medication goes and also with my parents, right? Like, I don't know how their Medicare works or Medicaid or anything like that. So I I just want to make sure that all of the people that I love are protected. And my boyfriend as well, like he's a freelance writer. So what does, you know, what does health insurance look like for somebody who doesn't have like a nine to five? So I think that's really important. And also just like generally having a president who's not a racist, it would be kind of cool. <laughs> right. I think a lot of people, a lot of people are feeling that right now. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. I, I want to talk a little more about healthcare with you, uh, Adrian. Yeah. Uh, did things get better for you when the affordable care act passed that's my first question and then i guess yeah. my second question is 
uh, eight years later, ten years later, mm-hmm. really, uh, are, are you convinced that uh, that it was the right solution? That that, or do you think we need? Do we think? Do you think we need more? I'll say this. So about ten years ago, I was in Los Angeles, and I did not have a job when I first got there. Hmm. So that Affordable Health Care Act saved me, right? Like I needed birth control. I had to go to the OBGYN. Like if I didn't, if that didn't exist, there's no way I could have been seen and there's no way I could have been taken care of. And also just, again, like being a diabetic for a couple of months, like I couldn't afford prescriptions at all. And for somebody like me, that could, that could mean death. Right. And so being able to have like a fallback solution like that for somebody who either doesn't have a job or is freelance or low income, I think is really, really important. And and to just watch that be challenged just seems like there's like no humanity involved whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, tell me more about what's motivating your decisions this year. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, depending on the day, I'll sort of <laughs> there'll be a different issue that becomes a focus, <laughs> um, whether it be healthcare or criminal justice reform or you know anything like that. And I think it often redounds to leadership. Um, I think that a lot of these issues have just been further exacerbated by the pandemic. And also, I think COVID has also just sort of laid bare a lot of the systemic failings uh, of of just the American political system, you know? And I think that, so I think the end conclusion is often sort of, yeah, you need leaders who, while their proposals may not be perfectly aligned with what I would like to see, they need to be focus on these issues and admit that there needs there is a room for improvement and not be so defensive and, mm-hmm. and look for change um and to and just improve everything because I, yeah i think that there's just like a lot of systemic issues um that are all just exacerbated by whether you know the economy or global climate change or a yeah. global pandemic yeah so so before we get to listeners and and we've already got some listeners who want to participate in the conversation and if you want to join Let's them of course uh, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phone's call and tell us how you're feeling in advance of the elections but but Adrian and John I want to I want to ask you guys about uh, Joe Biden who is the the Democratic nominee for president and and how excited you are or are not about voting for him. And I think that's an important question here in the city of Detroit. Four years ago, uh, when Hillary Clinton was the Democratic nominee for president, uh, 20,000 Detroiters who had voted in 2012, for instance, for Barack Obama, didn't show up to vote at all Mm -hmm. for Hillary Clinton. And it was one of the key factors in allowing Donald Trump to win to win mm-hmm. Michigan very narrowly. I, I wonder if you can talk about maybe the difference for you between then and now and those two candidates and whether you're more excited by Biden than you were four years ago or uh, are you are you kind of lukewarm about uh, what he might do but, but still voting for him because you don't like the alternative? Uh, John, I'll let you go first this time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think you know, with uh, Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden, um, I, yeah, I wasn't necessarily as excited as I was for Barack Obama, but I think that they were still the best choice. And I, I think that when it was, it's not a difficult choice. It's not something that I had to mull over if I was going to vote or not vote. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think like 
if you don't vote, you often see the ability to sort of criticize or even complain uh, in the administration that comes forth. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely wasn't lukewarm. I don't think that our policies are completely aligned. I think that there's room to push. Uh, there was room with Hillary Clinton. I think there is room with Joe Biden. Um, but I just think that the alternative is terrifying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, it makes it quite easy and quite exciting, I think, to at least try and, you know, be a part of uh, an important change. Mm. Adrian, I think for, go ahead. I think for me, I, like, I don't think that I'm excited, but I feel like there's a pending sense of relief with Biden. Mm. You know, there's just like the the foot is off of our necks a little more <laughs> with Biden. You know, when it came to the election with Hillary, my vote was actually suppressed at the time. You know, I had to like re-register to vote because it was all confusing. And then because you had moved, and, yeah, yeah, because I had moved and I it like never made it. Like I was calling a bunch of people and they were sending me all kinds of different places, and I just was so discouraged by the process. You know, and you know I was in. In LA during the women's march at the the day after Trump got elected. And that was that was wild. And I don't think that same energy exists right now, one because of COVID, but you know, yeah. like I said, I think it's it's more relief than excitement. You know, I have a, a couple of mixed feelings about Kamala, but huh. what are your mixed feelings about uh about you know, her? As a as a woman of color, like I'm super stoked that she's running, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm all for it. But her legacy and history with the LAPD leaves me a little not as excited as I'd like to be, you know, because you know, sometimes John and I are very progressive and we're all about <laughs> burning everything down to the ground, <laughs> especially when it comes to not even police reform, but just defending the police in general. Yeah. So it's hard to be excited fully about somebody who was like pro cop for a very long time in the white house. You yeah. know? So I'm, I'm just wondering like what police reform looks like in the next four years if they win. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think those are, those are pretty common concerns among among progressives about uh, about this ticket. I hear that a lot uh, from people I'm talking to. Okay, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Call and tell us what you are thinking about as we get closer to Election Day, what choices are you making, and what you think will happen after Election Day. How certain will we be about results? Uh, how unsettled will things be in the country? How upset Will uh, one side be about maybe having uh, lost the election? Again, 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter, put comments there. We'll try to work you into the conversation. Let's start with Dave in Bloomfield. Dave, what's on your mind? Good morning, Stephen. Thanks for taking my call. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to preface this by saying it's an unpopular opinion, and I am in no way trying to gather people behind my cause. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But I have decided for the first time in my life to abstain from voting, and it's my own personal form of protest. And what I'd say is I've never liked the GOP. I would never vote Republican. I think Donald Trump is terrible. But if half of the anger and vitriol that's aimed against him would look at the Democratic Party and what they've done, that's what I would like to see, because I think it's absolutely shameful and inept what they have done twice in a row now. And I can't vote for the lesser of two evils ever again in my life. Explain to me what you mean by shameful. You're talking about the Democratic 
uh, party you feel like has done absolutely what, what first what, of all yeah go ahead okay i would say that they've already chosen their candidate before the primary season has already begun uh bernie sanders in 2016 would have beat donald trump and i thought that that was a great example of the gop definitely did not want donald trump and they were doing everything they could to get rid of him but the support of the people and the fact that he was the outsider was what got the grassroots excited. Mm. And eventually the party jumped on board because they want to win. The same exact thing was happening on the Democratic side, but the Democratic Party fought and fought and fought against it. Just like this year when Bernie won the first three primaries, all the other candidates that were getting any votes all dropped out the same day and said, everyone vote for Biden. He's the only one who can win. And the media jumps right in. He's the only one who can win. And the sheep just buy it and go right mm. along for two sides of the same coin. Mm. So, so Dave, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to push back at all against your frustration. I think, you know, lots of people are frustrated with the process, the party process, the nomination process, uh, all, all of those kinds of things. Um, and and your frustration with the Democratic Party, I think, is something that a lot of people inside the party feel right now. I, 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 the only thing I want to push back against is the idea that you're going to sit the election out. Uh, whether you vote for Donald Trump or Joe Biden or a, a, a candidate from a, a smaller party, I just think it's really important to cast a ballot. I think uh, number one, I think it's it's always important to participate in our in our democracy. But I also think that right now the choice is not just between two visions of what the country could be or is. You you've got this president who has tried to disrespect or destroy many of the institutions that surround the presidency, that gird the presidency, that help the republic stand tall. I mean, there is a false equivalence, I think, that keeps getting made between the criticisms, legitimate criticisms that people might have of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris from an ideological perspective and the fact that you have someone who has openly and brazenly committed, for instance, obstruction of justice uh, on the other side of the equation. And, and so I think making a choice here is not just making a choice about one party or another. It really is about what kind of republic we're going to have going forward. And I, I, I don't think I don't think there's an equivalency there. I just I, I, I can't submit to that kind of that kind of logic, and so I think you've got to you've got to choose. Uh, and and I, not voting is ceding that choice to other people. And and again, the way that Donald Trump won Michigan four years ago was because people didn't vote. He didn't win by getting more people to the polls. He won by convincing enough people not to vote. So Dave. Go cast a ballot. You've got four days, five days left to decide. You can go on election day. Uh, you can go to a clerk's office before. Go cast a ballot. Uh, before we break, I want to give uh, Adrian and John a chance for their last thoughts here. And also react to, to Dave uh, saying that he doesn't want to vote this time. 
Um, I'll go first. We'll make it quick. So I, I would just encourage Dave to make change in some way. Cause I, I would imagine if he took the time to call in to let his voice be heard on this show, he wants his voice to be heard somewhere. And if it's not the presidential election, there are local ballots you can vote on. There's education. You can, you know what I mean? Like I, I just, I just want to encourage him to not vote because if you don't vote, you technically are voting for the worst of all three evils by just being silent and not taking a stand to make change. Hmm. Uh, John Moy. Um, yeah, I mean, I think too, like the as people of color, we don't really have an option of opting out of politics, yeah. whether we vote or not. Um, I think that you know can come from a, a bit of a position of privilege to just say that I'm just going to stop participating. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think just to think about the consequences for your neighbors and the people you love, and you know, it's the one time where we all get to actively participate in a system that often feels out of our hands. And so why not, you know, take some of that uh, power back? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Adrian Williams and John Moy. It was great to have you guys with us. Uh, Thank you. And you guys have already voted, so I don't have to tell you to go <laughs> vote on Tuesday. <laughs> okay. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to talk uh, to a group of voters who played a huge role in the election last time, Macomb County voters. We're going to hear from someone who represents both groups as chair of the Macomb County Democratic Black Caucus. Uh, black voters in Macomb County. Yes, there are black voters in Macomb County. We'll hear next about how they are thinking about this election. Stay with us for more Detroit Today. <laughs> 